Morning, guys. Uh, that's always such a disconnect, like when we go and come out of... Joan, thank you. Let's, let's give Joan a hand. That's, that was such a blessing. Give Jesus a hand. But Joan, that was... Yeah, man. That was... Um, I needed that. I don't know about you guys, but I needed... That was refreshing to the soul. Um, it's hard to come out of those moments, though, like with, with Fred, you know? Like, I love Fred. It's, it's this comforting feeling in my, in my chest. But man, like, yeah. Anyway, thanks for being with us in that. Um, we're, we're in a series right now called Love Thy Neighborhood. Um, <clears throat> I know everybody in here, right? You guys know me? Okay, good. Let's, um, <clears throat> let's excuse me, let's leave the uh, introductions to the side. Um, so this, this series that we're in, it's this concept that we, we weren't placed, we were placed without purpose from, from the Most High. So it's, it's, uh, it's a concept that we... We, we were born, we were created to glorify him, but the way we glorify him is through being a neighbor, through being a good neighbor. And that's not just sitting next door to somebody. That's loving the people that are around us. So in the first week, uh, what Casey talked about was uh, he uh, shared the story that Jesus' uh, parable of the Good Samaritan and what that looks like, what, what being a good neighbor actually looks like, what responding to a neighbor looks like. Um, he also introduced to us our, the rhythm of bless, which is, it's borrowed from um, uh, the, some people at Westside Family Church uh, have these things called blessed communities, and we've kind of partnered with them. It's a, it's, it's a blessing. Um, but yeah, if, if we've got the acronym up here, the B in blessed, it stands for uh, begin in prayer. There's nothing that we should do that, we, that, that we're called to um, that shouldn't begin asking the Father, where am I going today? Who would you have me speak with? So it's, we should always begin with prayer. And this is kind of a not a radical concept, but is a church body. We're used to coming together, and this is, this is where we bless a lot of times. I know there's some of us in here that, that are uh, actively blessing our communities um, that we're in. Anyway, I'll, I'll start blabbing. Begin with prayer. Uh, second one, listen. And also there's, there's a, an addendum to that, which is listen and engage. Um, so it's not just hearing. It's doing something about it. This is the concept of Shema from the scriptures. Uh, hear, O Lord, uh, or hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is from Deuteronomy 6. Chapter 6, verse 4. It's to, it's to make the Lord king of everything, and we hear and we obey. Um, so listen and engage. Eat. Share a meal together, in other words. Uh, the first S is serve. Um, we can listen and eat together, but if we're not loving people uh, with our hands and feet, um, are we really loving them? You know. Um, so the, and the last S is share your story. Um, talk about it. This, this concept is contagious. Anyway, um, so uh, last week, what Casey talked about was uh, he, he referenced the apest, or in other words, in, in Ephesians, uh, Paul, t- he spoke about the, um, the, the giftings that we are given. So some were given to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some shepherds, and some teachers. Um, and that was a really cool way of walking through the, the rhythm of the church and how we should be uh, proactive as a body, a collective body of church, a, a collective body of believers. Um, I want to talk to us today about, so that was kind of the, the macro, what Casey spoke about. I want to talk about the micro. So we can't, we can't come to be the body that's activated in our apostolic and prophetic, uh, shepherding, evangelistic, and teaching giftings if we aren't first taking, uh, taking into account our own, our soil that we, that we live on. The, the places where we go to the grocery store, our banks, our jobs especially. So often we think we're, go, we're leaving uh, a spot of holiness to go, you know, into into the secular secular uh, area of our lives. Maybe Jesus put us 
in these areas so that we would be a blessing. It's kinda, it kind of changes our brains a little bit when we think about it from this way, but we were placed in our jobs. Um, yeah, I also want us to, I've got this in my notes here, I'd, I'd like, to, like us to, to consider our roles within our neighborhoods as a mobilized, out of the building, specifically placed in our region soil, regional soil, handpicked to impact those closest to us, especially those we don't see to eye to eye to with. So the, 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 this is Love Thy Neighborhood. It's a series this week is called, it's the question that's posed, even my bad neighbors. We know who the bad neighbors are, right? Like I, so I, I grew up in a pretty standard enough neighborhood in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, the Brent Howards across the street, my brothers, brothers and I, we play wiffle ball, football, uh, ran around with them. The Abarkas down the street, the Geary's I went to school and church with, uh, the Walkers I didn't really know that well. But there's the men in halls next door. Um, I don't want to paint them in a bad light because I'm, I, I reacted. I was the one in the bad light a lot of times too. Um, this is, I, I would call it a watered-down version of the Hatfields and McCoys, if you're familiar with that. Um, it gets way watered down. There's nobody dying or anything like that. But shots were fired. So, like, some of the, some of the boys over there would shoot at my dad with BBs while he was trying to grill, you know? Like, that's kind of some of the stuff we... Our, the brothers in my family would go out, and we had this, like, yard that was about 50, 50 yards, like half a football field, and we would all walk out there like it was, like, a Civil War battle. And, like, like my brothers and their brothers, and we'd all duke it out, you know? Um, we, we made war with our, our tiny little boy hands, you know? And, uh, like, we, on Fourth of July, which is coming up, and I'm excited about that, we would, uh, we'd have some honorary cousins that would come over and we would join them in, in setting off Armageddon on their front porch, you know, ring the doorbell and, like, uh, you know, all hell would break loose. Um, I say that because we all know our bad neighbors. We've all got them. We've all got the neighbors that are tough to live around. But we always think about how do I shield myself and my family from these people. We think on the defensive so often. And I'm, I'll go into it a little bit, but it comes from a place of identity. If we're sinners, then we function from this world of sin. But if we are children of God, then we function from the economy of heaven. We weren't placed. We weren't placed. Like I, I, like I, I know Eduardo's neighbors very well, and there we were placed in those spots to love those people. And you guys do. You guys do. Not to. I don't want to throw you into the bus. Like our hard neighbors are the ones that we're supposed to to love. It's easy. Jesus said it's easy to, easy to love neighbors that love us. So that's, that's the concept I want us to get our heads around today. Anyone can love a good neighbor. But Jesus calls us to love our bad neighbors too. I would say especially our bad neighbors. And today we'll discover how we go about uh, expressing our love for Jesus for people actively. So let's get right to it. Scripture, uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, we will be in Luke uh, chapter 6, verses 30, or 27 through 35, as well as uh, Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And I'm in the ESV, so our, our um, translations may not perfectly line up, but I love that, actually. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 27. It starts with this. Jesus is, this is the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the most prolific sermon given in history. And this is, these are, Jesus just got done talking about what it's like to live righteously. And it's counter to what we're, what's ingrained in our flesh. 
And actually in Luke, he goes on to say, he says, blessed are these people. But then he goes a little bit further and he says, but woe unto you who find your happiness here. I don't know. That's, that's a whole other ballgame there. But I, I don't think the woe necessarily comes from the punishment with that. It's just that's choosing a life that's less than what he has for us. Verse 27, it says this, but I say to you who listen. So right there, I'm, I'm not going to stop like this the whole time, but I say to you who listen. So that, that implies there are people that are not listening to Jesus when he speaks. In this room, some of us are checked out. That's okay. I might be checked out some Sundays. But I say to you who listen, love your enemies. That's agape love for the Greek freaks in here. That's God love. Do what is good to those who hate you. That word good, I'm not, I don't want to bust all this up into this, but that word good, it's kalos, kalos. And it means what is upright, what is admirable, what is beautiful, what is surpassing, what is, it's, it's this, this concept that we do our best for those who hate us. That's what Jesus said. So it's oftentimes we, we, short, we give the, the people that, that hate us, that word hate, it implies this active pursuit of hatred towards someone. So it's this, it's, it's not like the, the, the guy on the internet that's insulting Christians. This is our neighbor that is actively bad to us. We're supposed to do what is surpassing and upright, righteous, beautiful, acceptable, and ultimately good is what that word comes to for those that are horrible to us. Not so that we're gluttons for punishment. I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit, but... Um, Bless those who curse you. That acronym, bless, that kind of changes the ballgame on this. Begin in prayer for those who curse you. Listen and engage with those who curse you. Eat with those who curse you. Yeah, you get the idea. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. And if anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks ask you, and from someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? That word credit, it's, it's haris. I, I, I'm probably butchering the, the pronunciation. But it means, it's, ultimately, it's what joy do you get out of that. Like, if, it's easy. It's easy. The easy path is always the one of least joy. What credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. What he's saying is all of us do that. That's common. He calls us to be holy. Holy is the opposite of common. Even sinners do that. That means the world does this. We do it. That's our natural reaction. But he calls us to do the opposite. Even sinners love those who love them. Am I off track? No. Uh, Verse 33. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? That same concept. Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do what is good, and lend expecting nothing in return. He just repeated himself a ton of times there so that it would get through our thick skulls. Then your reward will be great. So our reward is not what we get. So often we think of this exchange of goods and services for payment. Our reward is not what we get for being good. That needs to be busted way out of the church. 
then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High. That, that's our reward. It's our identity. We, we, function, we function from a place of, of sin defense. But we're children. We're children of God. And you will be children of the Most High for He is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. That's hard. That's hard to accept. That's hard to act out because it's not what's ingrained in our skin. It's not about the return on investment. That's a lot of times we treat it like the word has been thrown around a lot within the church, investing. We should invest, but we invest. We invest in fruit. We don't invest in reward. Like I said, we can trace these things back to our identity, where, what we function from. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, we don't have a slide for this, but Romans 5, probably familiar with this, verse 10, he says that, that while we were sinners, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So what he did was Jesus offered his beautiful and perfect and surpassing and precious and good act to those who pursued him in hatred. He set the example, he set the standard. Obviously, that's who Jesus is. But he also said for us to do the same thing. He said, be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. That's not, that's not this, this earning anything. This is, it's just a recognition of who he, he says that we are. See, he longs for us not only to know the love that surpasses comprehension, that's, that's step one, is, is recognizing that, that he's called us to that. But ultimately, it's so that we would be love, that we would, we would be his hands and feet. We say that all the time as a church, but sometimes the cog in the works that's hanging up is, is we've, we fail to accept first the mercy that he's poured on us, then we don't have mercy to give, so we're just we're functioning on empty all the time. Now, this... this thought process, it's probably going to require a shift up here in me, probably in you too. But I know for sure within the organized church, it's going to require a shift. We come to church. Our, that's, that's our, where do you go to church? Like, well, I go here. Like, our response, our guts should be, I am the church. We don't, we, we, and our expectation on people outside of the church is lofty. So we, we, ha, we have this, this concept that we expect to do things better here so that people will want to come here. We aren't even thinking about the, 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 the cultural barriers that we have in place within society that will not, people will say, I'm, I'll never set foot in a church. And we can do things to the, the, the utmost excellence. We can do things uh, from a, an absolutely pure heart, but the reality is only people that have encountered the culture of, of church for the most part are going to come to church, Right? That's going to require a shift. I'd, like, uh, Sherry, do you have that? Or gauge the missional distance? It's okay. So, no, it's okay. This concept is, I've got a, I've got a tool. Um, it's actually from the, the blessed communities. I, I love that, that uh, program. But um, basically what it, what it, what it is, it, it's, it's M1, M2, M3, M4. The concept being the church, as the, the church at large, hangs out between M1 and M2. Each, each one of the M's represents a barrier, 
a cultural barrier between uh, a person and the gospel. And those barriers are, it can be religious background, upbringing, it can be uh, hurt. There's so many church hurts that will bar somebody from coming in a church door ever again. Um, you get what I'm saying? And so the, the more M's you've got, the more barriers you've got. And the church navigates primarily between people that grew up in the church, people that know Jesus, and then fringe. So I call them the Eastern Christmas crowd. Like the people that are, you know, they have a relative, and the relative has taken them to church before. They're familiar with the church concept, and so they come to church. That's great. I love that. That's, these people need to know. We need to know that we're loved by Jesus. But that leaves this whole portion M3, M4, M5, I mean, take it down the road. Like, it leaves this whole portion of people devoid of the gospel because we sew it up, package it up, deliver it here. Like, even the term, it gets thrown around a bunch, the, pre- the presentation of the gospel. That's great. But what about living the life of the gospel? Like, it, it's not something, like, so we've got, we've got, We've got missionaries in China, or Japan right now. Kyle and Michaela. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Their hearts for that place. And some people are called to that. They are called to that. That's who they are. Not all of us are called to that. But every single one of us are called to the place that we live. Why do the people around us not get what people in other countries get. I've, I, have a, I have a possible solution. Maybe, maybe it's because we can wash our hands from it and we can go back to our way of life. I know that's not the case for everybody. I just want to present that. It's safer sometimes. The hard work goes, goes into going out there, but we can come back. My neighbor next door that doesn't know Jesus, I live, breathe, mow my grass, barbecue. I'm, I'm talking to him all the time. I can't step away from him. So I'm, don't hear me, I love, like I hope to go with Kyle and Michaela to Japan one day. Because I long to see people that don't know Jesus, know Jesus. But for me, the reason I'm not going right now is because I'm called to the person next door that doesn't know Jesus. Because Jesus loves him just the same. I'm trying not to go long, but I'm going to end up going really long. So I'm going to have to. So I go, back to, I go back to the BLESS acronym and try to filter this from, like I said, from the concept of when he said bless those who, cur- who curse you. It's the people that live around us. It's the people that we go do business with. Because we see familiar faces. There's some of them. I go to the grocery store and there's people that I see and it's like, ah, oh, this person is miserable. I mean, that's, it's true, but I mean, like, that sucks for, from my heart posture. You know, Jesus put me in that room so that I would be love, the love of, of Christ to this, to this person. Begin in prayer. And this is, you can't try it. You can't be mad at somebody if you pray for them. Because when you, when a prayer is simply agreeing with what God says. And what God says is, I love my children. That means the, pe- the children that don't know him yet. There's a very us and them mentality from within the church, and it's got to be busted. Begin in prayer. We can't, 
invest spiritually. If we're actually praying, we can't do that. We can't go before the Lord and not be compelled to have compassion and, and empathy for the people around us. So, so right now, I, I know that we've all got somebody in our heads. I've got one too. Pray for them all day today. No expectation. Listen and engage. I promise you when you pray this rhythm right here, I promise you when you pray for somebody, you're going to get an opportunity to speak with them. And by listen, I'm not saying wait for your chance to talk. I'm not, I'm not going to talk to my neighbors about my church and about, I'm not going to talk to them about the cross of Christ until they ask me. Listen and engage. This is, this is, it's active listening in love. So it's got to be filtered through the lens of prayer. Listen and engage. Eat. Sometimes that's uncomfortable to ask somebody to your table. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to go at your, at your place of work, ask somebody to go to eat with you that you don't know. But I promise you, if you've done this, if, you, if, you're, if you're looking for people, if you pray for people that God puts on your heart and you talk to them, listen to them, you're going to want to know more about them so that you can love them more effectively. So the best way, oh, I love that sound, best way to do that is to eat with them. We're kind of, we, our guards come down when we start shoveling food in, you know. Um, serve them. When those barriers start coming down, we, we find out what, serve, what, what can serve them. And I think sometimes we put, as a church, we put um, distributing mulch is serving. That might be for some people. Maybe it's, maybe it's something else entirely. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe their love language is words of affirmation. Maybe it's like, hey, like, like I've noticed, I've noticed, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you, you get the idea. Like, like, build somebody up. And then we share our story. We've got this, this, I hate social media with a passion. But I'm convinced the reason that we have it is so that we could proclaim the gospel. It's the only reason. And what the enemy tries to do is show us that all these dark things that are accessible through the internet, just like anything else, what he intended for evil, the Lord uses for good. And that's good as with capital G, God good. simple concept. The bless, bless rhythms, it's simple. Like, and that's, that's the beauty of the gospel. It's simple. I love that song. Simple gospel. It's not easy. But it's simple. I'm sorry, Gage. I'm all over the joint here, but uh, I'm trying to hustle here. Okay, so I'm going to try to... There's a portion of scripture I want us to get our heads around because this is... We can know what and we can know who we are in our discovery of who we are, we find out the why, why we do it. Because a lot of times we come to church and it's like, it's this obligatory checklist mentality of like, I'm just serving to serve because this is what leadership in the church says. Yes. Yes. This had come, come up from an upwelling of, of compassion and empathy, love. We don't serve because we're supposed to do, do service projects. Kyle, I, I promise you right now, Kyle and Michaela are not in Japan. Savannah and, and Kyle. 
Garrett, Garrett, and I can't remember the, the gal's name that's with them. What's her name? Mindy. Mindy. Okay, Mindy. Yeah, God bless them. I guarantee that they are not over there obligatory, just doing, just checking boxes. They're over there because they have a love that is welled up that was given from God. Yeah, man. How can, how can, how can we allow God to pour that into us in regards to the people that we see every day? Because think of the impact of a mission when we go overseas somewhere. Think of the impact that happens in a, in a village. A whole village will come to know the Lord. What if we lived like that? Our cities are going to look differently. So I, I, I start getting to the side there. It's, it's why. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. Jesus tells us why. Oh, yeah, that did the reverse of what I was hoping for. Uh, um. Rookie, rookie mistake. Um. Matthew five thirteen through 16 says this, You are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? What's that? Makes it salty, yeah. Yeah, preserves. It preserves. It enhances flavor. Seasons. You are the salt of the earth. That word earth is gay, G-E. And that means it's our region, our soil. It also means the earth, but it's talking about our region. So you can, you can think of it, what he's saying right here is, I have seasoned you. I, I've used you to season the area you're in. I've, I've used you to preserve the area that you're in. Salt. We can, we can store stuff in meat and salt in it. It doesn't decay. It doesn't go bad. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's true. I mean, this concept, we, we think of, I'm not going to go into that, that slide gauge, the, the loose, lose, but, well, maybe, yeah, I will, actually, yeah, um, yeah. Um, more I, you know, I think. To make flat and tasteless, to be foolish. The root, the root word of more I, you know, is maras. And it means foolish or godless. So he's saying if salt loses its taste, if the seasoning becomes foolish and godless, how can it be made salty again? I'm not saying that we can lose our, our, our salvation. Don't hear that. What I am saying is that my words and actions, when they're done from a, a less, than, less than loving place, I cannot take those back. You can't redo them. There's no do-over. We're seasoning all the time. Like, it's, like I talk about worship all the time. We're worshiping something all the time. We're doing these things all the time. We're constantly... We were made to be seasoning. We were made to preserve. How can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Less than a punishment, I want us to get our heads around it. It's made common. People walk on it. Like the world likes to use the term salty as in like, you know, feisty or like uh, derogatory or, or provocative. That's the world's salt. It's tasteless. It's powerless. It's godless. But Jesus says, you are salt. 
It's a different salt. You are the light of the world. Next verse. I'll try to wrap this up here. That light, it's phos, 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 I think. Yeah. To shine or make manifest. And that's kind of, that makes sense enough. Even these statements, you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. Those are kind of like, we can take that and it's like, that's awesome. But when we, when we look at what he's saying, you are the shine or the manifestation. This world, word for world is cosmos. It can mean our world. It also implies when we look up at the stars, what do we see? The cosmos. That's where we get that word. An apt or harmonious arrangement, ornament, decoration, adornment. You are the shine in my ornament. I made all these shiny, beautiful things as far as the eye can see, as, as far as the heart can dream. But you, you shine. His crea- we are the jewel of his creation. Everything that's so beautiful and spectacular and magnificent and outside of our comprehension. We are the ones who are his shine. We are the ones who preserve from death. We are the ones who make things seasoned and taste better. We're not asked or recommended to engage our areas like this. We were made to do this. It's what we're made for. Because we shine. Because our daddy looks at us and says, that is the heart of my creation. Everything that's beautiful hinges on my creation's jewel. So it's, it's, it's come from this place of we, we recognize and acknowledge. So it, in order for us to recognize and acknowledge these things, we have to put to bed some of the lies that we believe. And that's, that's a whole other process. But it helps to know who he says that we are and why. So I go backward. Thankfully. I <laughs> so how might I find a way to bless my neighborhood? And not bless as in, you know, get somebody's meal for them. Maybe. I've, I've got a neighbor who's, who, she's, she's an older, older lady, and she's asked me, is to help her put her recycling bins back. That's serving her. Maybe that is, that is the case. But how may I bless? How, 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 how can I begin in prayer, listen and engage, eat with my neighbors, serve and tell about that? So it's like we, it's this concept of like the, the blessed rhythm is simply so that it would be get more blessing. Because when people encounter the love of Jesus, they go and do the same. I heard, I heard a phrase this weekend that only freed people free people. I mean, like, with our service, I know Casey mentioned that patch of grass that stands up. Maybe, I know, I love, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass you here, but I love a stepdad mows his neighbor's grass. <laughs> like, like, the whole, whole yard. You, and sometimes you've gone, you've gone, crazy, like, you're a little crazy, but, uh, and 
I mean, what would it look like if we just did things that people needed done? That's not, I mean, like I, I have a tendency to wrap my, my brain up in, in like spiritual and holy things. Everything was meant to be spiritual and holy, even the minutiae. Like, when I'm barbecuing, is this aroma a sacrifice, and is it pleasing, or is it, is it offered as unto God as, as something pleasing? Is this aroma as pleasing to him as it is to me? Is it making my neighbors uh, want to come outside, and, and maybe I can like, even catch a glance from somebody, you know? So yeah, begin in prayer. Listen and engage. Eat, serve, story. Talk about it. Or in other words, I've got it right here, shine. It's what we were made to do. And so often we use these things, these, these flappers, to do less than shine. I do. Share your stories with your families. Talk about it with each other, your loved ones. Spur your loved ones on. Put it on Facebook. Instead of tearing something down, maybe say, hey, look what Jesus did in my neighborhood today. Shine. He goes on in, in that passage. He said, yeah. No one, in verse 15, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. The word all indicates that's not this universal thing it is, but ultimately it's this individual thing first. All of us encountering God radically and individually together. That's that concept. That's who we are. That's how we shine. In the same way, let your light shine. Make manifest the decoration of the universe before others so that they may see and give glory to your Father in heaven. Man, sometimes the church... Sometimes we use the church building as a basket or a bowl to put over the light. So before we go, before, I, before we take up offering, I would just suggest this. As we go out the door, imagine the lid being blown off a basket. Imagine a bowl being turned way over. And dream of some boldness to well up. Not to go, we don't, not all of us are going to stand on the corner of the bullhorn preaching. But we were all given the ability to love. That is, that's how they will know we are Christians, right? Let's pray. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Father God, I thank you. I thank you for, for being made. In my imperfections, being made uh, in my shortcomings, being made in my, in my dim thinking to be your decoration. God, tear off. I pray right now you're just tearing off these, these, these notions of, of, of less than worthiness. Not good enough. Suspect. Hated. Reviled. I pray that you're letting these things fall off. These are, these are oppressions that we encounter in this room right now that, we, that we've been told somewhere in our lives. Take the lid off. Take the bowl off, Jesus. And put us on a high place so that we can, we can make your glory manifest through our lives in simplicity.
love you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So yeah, let's, let's, uh, we got people for the offering or, um, there's enough of us in here to where we can, yeah, we can figure out how to take it out. We got buckets at the end of the seats. Um. I love you guys dearly. I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful to do this with you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Tear the freaking basket off. Don't let this hide our light anymore. This This should be where we come to celebrate how the light has shined in the world. Bless you guys.